Hi, and welcome to my podcast, The Only Girl on the Job Site. I'm glad you found me. I'm Renee Beery, and I love empowering women to take on home projects, both large and small. I have been the only girl on the job site for the past 27 years, and I have seen it all. The good, the bad, the ugly, and everything in between. With my help, I hope you will be able to avoid the mistakes I've seen in the past and go into your project confident and knowledgeable about the industry so that your project is as smooth and successful as possible. Hi, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm glad you found me. We've been in discussions in previous podcasts about how to get your project off the ground, how to decide which project to take on, how to budget for it, how to build your team. These are all really critical steps to take in advance. You don't want to shortchange yourself. You don't want to speed up the process, cut any corners. No one benefits, certainly not you. And the project overall will not benefit by cutting any corners. So today I wanted to kind of take that onto a personal level for you. One of the things that I find people get tripped up over is how they approach the project emotionally. Some people call it mindset. Some people call it attitude. Whatever term you'd like to frame this with, it's, it's an important component when you are starting a project. And, and I mean from the very beginning, even really before you meet with the team, you want to make sure that you are coming from a point of knowledge that you have done your research. And and by research, I don't mean binge watching the HGTV channel. I'm going to do a podcast later solely on that topic. But in, in broad strokes, I find that people who watch that show will bring it up to me in conversations. I have to admit, I do watch it on occasion, but it's more because my kids have it on is it sort of a safe TV show to watch? But inevitably, you can ask my family, I end up yelling at the TV and really ruining it for everyone because it doesn't exactly portray the life that I see day in and day out in my industry. So that being said, what, what I find is clients who come to me having watched these shows and many of them have stars that they admire which is wonderful. And I love that, they, that those programs put an education, a level of education understanding out there in the world that really wasn't spoken about in mainstream before. But I find that these same clients come in thinking that it's going to be very similar, that there's going to be kind of this beginning, this upward climb, and then this climax at the end and this great big reveal and everybody's happy. I'm not sure I've ever witnessed that other than on one of those shows. I'm not saying that you don't end happy. I'm not saying that there isn't a climax, but there's a whole bunch of roller coaster rides in between. So if you are on that end and you are envisioning this sort of Hollywood type romantic comedy almost in some of them production, you will be really disappointed. And that disappointment while will make you sad, it actually will impact the job. Whether that is the contractor sort of feels this disconnect from you, or you start grumbling a little bit more that things aren't 
as you had anticipated. You know, it can really permeate into the project in a lot of different ways that you may not even be aware of when it's happening. So I think it's important at this stage, prior to starting a job, to really inform yourself about how this job will go. You can do this in several ways. If you haven't hired a team, you can do some research. What are the stages of construction when you're taking on fill in the blank? Let's say it's a bathroom, okay? So you'll probably find lists. If you stick with me and my podcast, we'll go through them along the way. But in brief, what you'll have is, you know, you'll have demo, you'll have a rough-in stage where they put in all the plumbing and the electric, and you'll have the tiling, then you'll have the plumbing, the fixtures, the lights, and then the pretty stuff at the end, which is obviously broad, broad strokes. But in those stages, you're going to find some pretty boring slash disappointing elements. For instance, I love demo. A lot of people don't like demo, but I love demo. I think it's fun. Everything's getting ripped out. You often uncover parts of the past. We found all sorts of things. We find newspapers from the 1940s shoved into walls. We find old beer cans. We find people's signatures and dates of when they installed. It's just lots of fun. That's the stage I really love. A lot of people do like that. But then after demo is rough in, and I can assure you that's pretty boring stuff. I mean, it's pretty, you know, here's the pipes and here's the electric and doesn't look like a whole lot of progress is going on. And so anyway, it is a bit of a roller coaster. The more you can sit down and kind of look at those stages and try to predetermine which ones will excite you and which ones will bore you to tears and which ones might frustrate you. And knowing that, gauging it out, you can then anticipate those stages so that when they hit, they won't A, be a surprise, and B, you will have hopefully thought of some ways to get yourself through it. So say during rough-in, you're like, oh my God, this is dragging on. Why is this electrician taking forever? I don't understand. It's just wires. Put them in the wall. No, that's not going to help anyone, right? And can you hear the attitude in my voice right now? You can imagine what an electrician thinks if he's sort of hearing that in your voice. So instead you go, okay, all right, I remember, rough in, yeah, boring, yeah, disappointing, yeah. But next stage is tile. And I've been dying to use this tile and I see it in the garage. It's all stacked up. I'm really excited. That's how you get yourself through these sort of lulls in a project. So that can really help. And why? Because again, like I said, if you have this kind of dripping sarcasm in your voice, When you're talking to the electrician, who, by the way, is doing exactly what he's supposed to be doing, it's not just not his fault that this is a boring stage. You know, everybody kind of gets in the same mood and and you can impact that. So if you come in happy and cheerful and know that this is the stage and know that it will end and it'll move on to the stage you're looking forward to, then everybody benefits. So that's one way to come into it. More often than not lately, I feel. I have clients who come at a new project with a huge, heavy load of skepticism. And it can be for a variety of reasons. It can be skepticism on the contractor. It can be skepticism that the end project will be as wonderful as they had thought. It can be a skepticism that the budget will hold. It can be all sorts of things. But in general, the skepticism just permeates. And whether the person intends it or not, it starts to to weigh down everybody. 
Everybody can feel it. Everybody is then sensitive to it. And it really can get in the way, truly. One, even if it's not a physically getting in the way, it can just make people kind of dread working on your project. And that is not something you want, I can assure you. So the skepticism I find, you know, when I poke around and ask, hey, what's going on with the client? They're like, oh, well, I did this project a couple of years ago and the guy screwed me. He ran off with whatever or a plumber really messed up my my system and I had leaks in my living room and he wouldn't come back and fix it. And I was stuck with the bills or, you know, the guy told me it would be $2,000. And in the end, after he'd done the work and I had no other option, he came at me with a $3,500 bill. Trust me, I've heard it all. And trust me, I'm sure some of it is legit. I also know that probably some of it is just lack of communication on both ends, right? Client and contractor. So that's why I constantly hammer home communication, communication, honesty, openness. It actually all works. Uh, Hands down, it works. So the problem is two things. One, if you've listened to my podcasts and you've read literature that I put out, I tell you how to find a good contractor. And if you follow those steps, and you do all of the steps, meaning you do the research, you do the Google searches, you call the references, you meet with them in person, and you find someone that you trust, then don't hold it against him that some other guy in your past screwed you over, right? Because that's not reasonable. You've done your homework. You have determined for a variety of reasons that this guy is legit, honest, straightforward, professional, what have you. It isn't easy. I will say it isn't easy to sort of shelf those underlying opinions of the industry. But I can assure you, I've heard a million interior designer nightmare stories. Who knows if half of them were true? But I I walk into this all the time. The assumption is that it's all going to go wrong. Now, if you've done your homework, like I said, and you found someone that you believe is trustworthy and you believe will deliver the product you are looking for, you need to continue believing until and only until they prove you wrong. So if that's something that you struggle with, which most people do, I really recommend now in the beginning to sit down and try to work through that. Because what I find is, this is what I, this is what I hear all the time. Well, Renee, you know how contractors are. They're all alike. Well, actually, I don't know that to be true. And actually, if it is true, then then all contractors are pretty good. I've been lucky. I do my research and, and I work with really good professional people. I mean, why would I work with others, you know, like who aren't, for instance? So that kind of snide remark drips into other comments. And contractors, trust me, they know those horrible stories that everybody likes to tell at the cocktail parties. They're well aware that they walk into a situation where they have to prove they're not going to rip you off, which is a terrible way to start, by the way, a new relationship, but it is what it is. So the more work you can do on the front end, if this is something that you struggle with, or you've had a really bad experience in the past, you can even be up and up front with the contractor and tell him, hey, listen, you know, this is what I'm up against. You know, 
I, I did my research on you. You seem completely opposite from, and I wouldn't go into names, but from this contractor 10 years ago, and this is what happened. You know, it would be beneficial for the contractor to know, okay, this guy's coming at me. This woman had a really bad experience. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to prove her wrong. I'm going to prove that that guy was unique and not me. So doing that in the beginning, being communicative about your issues, and I don't mean, you know, drive them home, bring them up every week, but just a quick, hey, listen, I'm really excited to work with you. I talked to three of your references. I can't believe they all said such glowing things about you. I'm really excited. I'm excited to have the same experience because I had an experience in the past of XYZ and it left me feeling whatever, terrible, ripped off, disappointed, underwhelmed, whatever the term is. That way everybody starts on the same foot, but it then it becomes your job to let it go and to allow the person that you did hire be who you researched them to be. So the other problem I find is, and we all know this about ourselves, we know where we have shortcomings. So for instance, I have clients who just can't handle confrontation, any confrontation, good or bad. That's not a good thing. Now, luckily my clients have me and trust me, I am often the bad cop on a project and that's fine. That's actually a role that I offer to clients and they almost always take me up on it, by the way. But And I should be very careful saying bad cop. By bad cop, meaning I'm the one that might disagree with a suggestion. So for instance, I've had clients say to me, gee, I understand their recommendation of putting a beam in the ceiling of this closet, but Renee, it's killing me. I just can't have it. I just can't live with it. There's got to be another way. So instead of saying that to the contractor, They turn to me and I go to the contractor and I say, listen, this is a non-starter. We cannot have this beam. What can we do? Do we pack down the ceiling? Do we make the ceiling, meaning they make the ceiling a little shorter and you, you hide or bury the beam in the ceiling or whatever, you know, we sit there and we problem solve it. So I meant bad cop, meaning I'm not just green lighting the contractor to, yep, go ahead, put that beam in the ceiling. I'm not in a position ever to you know get aggressive or angry or you know completely negative in a situation that just doesn't serve anyone doesn't serve me doesn't serve the project doesn't serve my client or the contractor so if you find that difficult i can assure you there will be many 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 points in the project where and maybe confrontation is too strong of a word but where issues will come up that you will have to put your foot down and say No, I hear you. I appreciate the idea, but it's not going to work for me. If you're not capable of doing that and I'm not there to do it for you, you're going to have to figure out either A, a way of saying it for yourself if you're doing this all on your own or tapping someone else into the game. Now, that could be your partner, could be your husband, could be even the contractor. I've seen that before where the electrician is saying, hey, I can't put the sconce where you want it, and I'll explain why. And you are sitting there going, no, that sconce has got to go there. We got to figure this out. So you go to the contractor and you say, listen, I understand what I, I, I heard him out. I understand his point. Is there anything else we can be doing? And have the contractor be, quote, the bad guy and, or the bad cop and go back to the electrician and push him really hard. You know, we're all human. 
It may be that, quite frankly, it was the easiest thing for the electrician to say. I'm not, I'm not saying that's a good excuse, but we are all human. And then when the contractor comes back and says, hey, listen, that's a non-starter for the client. She has to have it here. Let's figure out another way. Now, I'm not saying there will always be another way, but there often is a happy medium if there isn't another way. So these are things you need to sort of know about yourself. You need to share them, not in gory details, but you need to share them enough with the contractor. So one, he knows where you're coming from if you have had a poor experience in the past. Or, you know, hell, tell him, I binge watch HGTV. I couldn't be more excited about this. And I know it's probably going to get in the way. I'm going to work really hard on it. I'm going to really work hard on tempering my enthusiasm because I don't want to be disappointed when there are lulls in the project. You know, these are not bad things to open up about. These are honest. You're a part of the team. Team members need to communicate. Everybody's on the same page. Everybody wins. But the more you can be doing that and knowing that about yourself, the better you will be. It can be hard. I can assure you, it can be hard for a client to admit, hey, I'm not good at at this. This is a part of the project that I would implore you to dig deep and, and be honest about. I see it get in the way more often than not in a negative way. And ultimately, you pay the price. This is your project. This is your big investment. This is your time commitment, both in inconvenience and extra work to manage. So getting all of the pieces on the front end lined up and kind of your mindset in a good place in the beginning will serve you well throughout the project because you can always go back and say, hey, that's right. Renee told me there'd be lulls. This, this must be what she was talking about. You may not be sitting there now and be able to understand what I am describing if you've never done a construction project before. But in the moment, please think back, listen to this podcast again and go, oh yeah, that's right. This two shall pass. Let me look at the schedule. Let me see what's coming. Let me see what I'm going to get excited about. I can hold tight until that happens. I can get through this. And trust me, the fun does come. It may take a couple of weeks, but it does come back. So I hope today what you walk away with is your attitude, whether it's positive or negative, really does matter. And quite frankly, neither of those you know, polar opposites are a good thing. If you can figure out a way to get yourself into the middle, bringing both components in, you will have a healthier perspective about this project. And perspective is going to be key to keeping you sane, keeping the project moving, and keeping everybody happy to get to your conclusion of a beautiful project that you can live with for years to come. So, Stop watching so much HGTV, or if you do, keep me in mind and say, I think Renee's going to do a podcast in the future about this because I do want to, you know, get rid of some of the Hollywood components to it that you will not be experiencing on your own projects. And um, we'll get back together again soon and dig into more topics to help you manage your project like a pro. Thank you so much for listening. Feel free to reach out to me 
You can email me or direct message me through social media, and we can start a conversation about what it is you're going through right now. That will also help me come up with other ideas for future podcasts that I can share with everyone, as I assure you, we're all in the same boat together. I would really appreciate it if you would subscribe to my podcast and leave me a review. If you would like to find out more about me and what I can do, please go to my website, www.devinyedesign.com. Thanks for listening, and I hope to hear from you soon.